to welcome you to the Dreamer's Manual podcast today. If we haven't met yet, my name is Julie Calcote. I'm an online business manager and course creator of Higher Higher Pants on Fire. I work with creative, women-owned online businesses and help you streamline, strategize, and create your dream life. And today I'm talking about something super fun, and it's been an evolution for me over time. So I thought I'd pull back the curtains and let you guys know what wasn't working and what is working for me now and why I switched. So I'm going to have to look up this date, but I started the online space approximately five years ago, and I started out as a virtual assistant, moved into podcast management, but about four years ago, I found my home in online business management. And in those early years, I think also the culture online was a lot different. It was definitely like a Gary Vee, hustle culture, boss babes, productivity hacks, like the word hack was used all the time. And so the people that I followed were doing this thing called time blocking, which up until that point, I hadn't had to utilize coming from a law office and a nine to five and then being home with the kids where it was very unpredictable. Other than having the kids schedule, like when they're napping and eating, I had no use for time blocking, but certainly wanting to utilize what felt like the limited time that I had. I started doing this thing called time blocking. And I want to say, I think time blocking still definitely has a purpose and it could still be really great for some people. So if you have a really predictable work schedule, I think time blocking can be a nice way to organize your time. I think when you're just starting out, time blocking is a real asset, can be a real asset to your business because it gives you a structure, especially if you're transitioning from not working from home to working from home. It's like that bridge of, okay, this is what I'm doing during these times during the day. Or if you're working with multiple clients, especially on an hourly basis, because if I'm working with three online business management clients, and let's say for ease of my math, (laughs) that I was working with each of them for 20 hours a month, I could divide how many work hours that I have, whether I'm working 20, 30, 40 hours a week by the amount of hours I have contracted out. I just want to add a caveat here. If you don't already, I want you to treat yourself as a client in your business. I want you to book in hours for yourself in time blocking, in your project management, whatever you're using, because we don't want you to set aside your business, your growth, your admin, things that you need to do, and just solely focus on client work. But that aside, if you're working for a client for a certain hour, so I used to break up my day and say, okay, you know, looking at time zones and what this client and team needed, I'll work for this client for two hours every day from 8 to 10 a.m. my time. And then this next client, I'll be working from 10 to 12 my time. And so it provided stability for me and my client and the team because they knew when they can count on me to sort of be super available because I would be have the Slack open the whole time. I would have our project management tool open the whole time. So it wasn't just like I was throwing a message or an email and not being able to respond. I was available. Not that I wouldn't out of that, but 
I find that especially for a type of work where it's more involved, right? Like I'm using all of my brain cells with an online business management client. And I know some of you guys are similar with the types of clients you have. It would be really hard for me to switch back and forth from one business to the next and keep putting on those different hats multiple times within an hour. And so I found that if I could really focus on those clients during a chunk of time, that was great. I think also time blocking can be good to give you a 40,000 foot view of your time, similar to what I recommend doing with a time study. And if you haven't been here before, or you have, <laughs> let me be that gentle reminder that a time study could be so valuable. I've talked about this before, so I won't belabor the point, but I have my dream team starter kit, which has the time study that I use. And you go through, it's very easy in an Excel sheet, a drop down menu to assign times. And also you can go back and assign it to certain categories. Like later on, you can say, okay, I love doing this. I want to do more of it. These are some of the things I'd like to delegate. It's a great mindset to be in. And it also gives you just lots of insights into what's going on in your life. So you can find that linked in the show notes. But if you have time locking in your calendar and you have something like a Google calendar set up, you could see at a glance, especially if it's color coded, okay, I'm spending this much time doing this, this much time doing that. And you could see where things are healthy or not healthy, how much time you're spending on one thing versus another very easily. So now that I've sold you on time blocking and giving you all the pros, here's where time blocking might not work for you and why it wasn't working for me. If you have energy levels that fluctuate, or for me, I want to flow with different energy levels. I've certainly had with kids, you know, sleep deprivation, an autoimmune disorder. This year we've had back-to-back -back cold and flus. And so my energy levels have certainly fluctuated and I feel like it's been that way for a long time. And also I like to follow the energy and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I want to have the flexibility to really strike while the iron's hot and where I'm feeling that because I find that I can get six hours of work done in an hour when I'm really feeling that flow and that inspiration, whereas I could force myself to do something and it doesn't feel good in the moment and it'll take me substantially longer, which with a much worse quality product. That's just my experience, but I find that to be true for me. And so in addition to that energy levels fluctuating, if you have a life that is more unpredictable, i.e. kids for sure, because even though my kids are school age, people are staying home sick. I get calls to go to the school for, you know, certain things, bumps and bruises and field trips and things like that. It feels like to me that no matter how much I might try to plan, no two weeks are going to look the same right now. And I also think that if you're operating out of any type of neurodivergency, that micromanaging your time in my experience, could be a challenge. I think what can happen is if you have any of the th these things going on, either you wake up and you have super low energy level because of just life or sickness or a chronic issue or the kids homesick, any of those things, and you have this really nice time blocked calendar that's helpfully or unhelpfully reminding you, okay, at this time I'm supposed to be doing that. At that time, 
this time I'm supposed to be doing these things. It can start to read as I'm a failure because I'm not meeting these targets during the day. Like, oh, I just sat here, you know, I overslept. So now I'm already behind on my day and I'm going to have to cut this. Like, I think it can have a cascading effect on your productivity, especially if you tend to be really hard on yourself. So what did I do? Because, well, it might sound like what I'm talking about is airy-fairy and we're just going to throw all the planning out the window. I also, for me, don't feel like that's the solution. So I adapted two different techniques. And, you know, forgive me, like I can't trace these things back to the beginning of time. But one is from Kate Northrup that she got from Abraham Hicks, which is like the law of attraction sort of sphere. And Kate Northrup has that book, Do Less, and she has a Do Less planner. So this actually she built into her planner. And then I combine that with a technique from the Push Journal by Shailene Johnson. I think it's also a bullet journal technique, which I know less about, but it's similar to that type of technique. So what I got from Shailene Johnson is she has you go through and do your top priority. And she has an exercise. I think she even has a free download where you can go through and get your top current priority outlined because I don't want to get lost in the minutia of the to-do list day to day. And certainly it can feel really good to cross, you know, I could write down 50 things on my to-do list and get them done every day, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's moving me towards my highest goals, that those things are within my values, that they're the things that are most important to me. It's just an exercise. And at the end of the day, if you've ever thought, I've spent all this time and what did I actually accomplish? Maybe it's time to look at those vision and values, which by the way, are also in that free download. (laughs) This sounds like it's a sales call for that freebie and it really wasn't meant to be that way, but I created it because I think it's so important and I really think people should do those things. So once I have that, for me, that current and top priority for many months has been health. Now, first, it was physical health, and I do think that's important. But then as I started to think about it, I wanted to incorporate like a full body health, mental and physical. And what sometimes that means is that I put a self-care task in that top three, which past me would have been mortified. Like I could put in, I'm going to do 30 minutes of a handwork and, you know, on top of all these other things, like, you know, let's get real. We all have hundreds of things we probably need to accomplish during the week, or at least that's what we tell ourselves. So doing something that feels very indulgent like that was a good exercise for me and something that I needed to write down and include. So thinking of health and that being my top priority, then I list my top three for the day. And these are the things like I have got to get done. A lot of times these are client work. This could be podcast deadlines. But thinking of my top priority, I always want to add either for me, 30 minutes of movement, adding in some self-care tasks in that top three. And those are the things that I get done first. This works really well too when I'm procrastinating and not wanting to do the things that are in my top three because I won't let myself get to the other things on my to-do list without doing those three things first. And I do have, for me, other things below that. I kind of do a brain dump or a morning page or something, if you will, where I'm like, okay, these are the other things that would be really nice to have done. And a lot of times I'll get all or most of those things. I've gotten in the habit of not making them overwhelming, 
which is something that I learned from the Kate Northrup planner. And, and let me get to that because where did that come in? So this could be done weekly. She recommends it's done weekly. I have found that I've been doing it bi-weekly lately, so twice a month. But she has a technique where you write down on one side your to-do list for the week. And the other side, you have a to-do list for the universe. And you can adapt this to anything. You could be handing this over to the universe or to God or through prayer or however you operate in your belief system. But there are things that are just outside of my skill level. They're outside of my vision. I don't have a strong impulse to action for it yet. I don't know the steps. I don't know the timing. I just don't have the answers, but I want to feel like it's moving towards something. And so I consciously say, I'm putting these things in this category to hand over. And this is the universe's to-do list. I'm assigning this to something outside of myself. And with the to-do list side, If that gets too long, Kate Northrup, I think, has said before, if it gets more than three-fourths of the way full, you really need to stop, check yourself, and start cutting things because we are not robots just, and we only have so much energy and capacity at any given time. So bogging ourselves down with this endless list of to-dos is not really serving anybody. So outside of the day-to-day, that practice keeps me focused on that higher vision that and having that current priority writing that literally every day first I write it down every single day I don't take it for granted I write my prior my current priority is health but in that planner sometimes things come in where I'm like oh you know I need to make these doctor's appointments for the kids or you know checkups or something I, you know, there might be seasonal stuff around the house. There's other things that come in that maybe aren't going to be sort of in my daily brain dump, but that practice helps me and supports me keep those in mind. And then I could slowly add them to my daily to-do list as needed. So why do I think this works for me? First of all, it's simple. I don't need any bells or whistles. I don't need a special planner. I have had these other planners that I mentioned in the past, but really if I have a piece of paper, Uh, which is what I'm using now. If I have a bullet journal, I could write down my top three for the day and get that done. And I could take a a piece of paper, fold it or cut it in half and write, you know, an eight by 11. My to-dos on one side, my to-dos for the universe on the other, boom, I'm done. I find that thinking I have to have the right planner, I have to reorder the certain planner, uh, any of those things, it's like, it's too much of a deterrent. So I like to keep it as simple as possible. Now, it also works for me because I've been doing this long enough that I know how much time many tasks will take. If I need to hire a team member for one of my clients, I can break that up and know how much time that's going to take me from the job description to the posting to reviewing the applications to being able to even guesstimate like about how many people are going to apply to the interview process, etc. Like I can get within a very close approximation of time to the tasks that I'm going to do, creating SOPs, building out systems, et cetera, et cetera. So because I have that information, I can manage that. Where in the beginning, I didn't have that information. I didn't know how much time certain things were going to take me. So I had to plan things a little bit differently. And as I said before, this works for me because I want to follow my energy. I said I would give an example, and this is one of my favorite with the podcast and, you know, content creation in general, I think works like this for me, but I could have a bunch of podcasts outlined and feel very passionate about them and excited, but 
if I wrote on my to-do list, record five or six podcast episodes today, the solo ones like this one, that could seem very overwhelming to my mind. But if I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to talk to everybody today. I'm so excited. I've got everything ready. I'm just going to sit down and record. I can record five or six episodes so easily. It feels like no effort at all. It actually feels very joyful and I feel very energized and excited after having that experience. Now I could know because I've done this, I need to record podcasts this week. And so it's kind of, you know, on my mind that it's going to fit in somewhere, but knowing the exact date and time for me, I don't need to know that at this point. And why it works for me now, as I've alluded to before, with the other practices I have, they're very supportive of each other and I'm able to continually hold a bigger vision for my purpose. And it's not going to get lost in the minutia of a daily to-do list or a schedule where I just have my head down and I'm never looking up. I feel like one of my strengths as an OBM is for my clients. I'm able to hold that vision for them. They set the vision and I'm able to remind them as they sort of come in and out of the minutia and the to-do list, this is where we're going. This is where you want to go. This is where we're headed. And so with these practices, I'm able to support myself and do that too. So I hope this is helpful, whether it's solidified that time blocking could be really great for you right now. And you're at the place in your life where that structure and support it gives you is perfect. Whether you're at the point of needing something different and not knowing quite what and figuring it out, or whether this gives you some ideas for your schedule and your business. My goal is always to do two things, give you options and be an example to say it's okay to move through different things. And it doesn't mean like you're failing. If you've tried time blocking and it maybe worked in the past and it doesn't work now, you're not a failure for changing to something different. We have to give ourselves permission to grow and evolve and know that something that supports us now or something that we like now doesn't always have to be that thing that we rely on. Things can evolve and it doesn't have to look like what everybody else's business or schedule or calendar looks like. Believe me, the day that I cleared out my Google calendar and took all those beautifully color-coded blocks of time out of there, it was like a huge relief. And I think if you're unsure what next steps to take, anything that feels like that exhale, that relief, that breath of fresh air, lean more into that. All right, friends, as I said, the freebie the dream team planner that has that time study vision and values workbook the link to that's in the show notes and until next time have an amazing week 